0: Welcome to the What Matters Most podcast, presented by First United Bank & Trust. That's my bank. Visit us today at mybank.com. Well, hello and welcome to What Matters Most, a podcast all about finances, community, savings, and security for you, your family, and your business. This podcast is brought to you by the helpful folks at my bank, First United Bank & Trust. I'm your host, Eric Nutter, and in today's episode, What Matters Most is First United's 120th anniversary. And for this discussion. I am honored to be joined remotely today by Bill Grant, former CEO and former chairman of the board at First United. Hey Bill, how's it going? It's
1: going well, Eric. Um, it's going real well.
0: Good, good. Tell us about that. how have you been? How's retirement treating you? What's what what what's life after after the bank?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well it's it does change. It's not nearly as hectic. The deadlines are a little more flexible than they used to be. And uh Laurie and I have enjoyed becoming snowbirds and, um, getting caught up on some of my history reading. And, um, since leaving the bank, I've had two additional grand trail So that, that makes life very full.
0: Yeah. I'm sure you got your hands full. What, so let's start with the books. What's the, what's the latest history book you've been, you've been digging into?
1: I've been reading, um, uh, still reading in world war II. Um, okay. been reading about, um, uh, FDRs, Franklin Delano Roosevelt's role as commander in chief and, um, just finished reading the book about Truman and the, um, atom bomb. So those are two of the uh-huh. most recent books I've read.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you always, you always dug into the, the history.
1: <laughs> so, Enjoyed it very uh, much.
0: Absolutely. So tell, tell us now the grandkids, what, uh, so you've got two.
1: Well, actually I have three. One was born prior to my retirement, Andrew and Tanya have a son, Liam, who's now six and a half, and they live in Vilseck, Germany. Um Andrew works Andrew and Tommy both work for the Department of Defense in educating the children of service people. So they live over there and um since retiring, uh Jenny, our daughter, who lives in Greensboro, has had two boys. Uh Gus who's age three and Max who's three weeks old. Wow.
0: Three weeks. So yeah. you've have you have you gotten to To, to see him yet?
1: Yes. Yeah. We went down and, uh, spent a week both, um, trying to spoil Max and, uh, (laughs) helping them keep an eye on very active Gus, who's three years old and (laughs) full of energy.
0: Awesome. Awesome. That's so exciting for you. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you. So let's talk a little bit about your career at first United. Um, so can you tell us uh, let's let's wind it way back when do you, when did you start and and how long were you here for?
1: okay uh, I started on August 1st 1978 um, mm-hmm. The CEO of the bank was uh, Courtney Toosing at the time and he's the one that hired me mm-hmm. and if my memory serves me well the bank was uh, 57 million dollars in assets at the time and I think the trust department where I went to work was, I think we were in the neighborhood of $6 million. So oh, wow. it was a much different time and era. And then of course I worked up and through, uh, January 1st of 2016.
0: Gotcha. So yeah, definitely, uh, um, a, a bit smaller size at the time. Uh, <laughs> did we have offices just primarily in Garrett County or where where were we? Yeah. We, at,
1: at the time I came to the bank in 1978, um, we just had offices just in Garrett County. We, we hadn't spread out very much yet. Gotcha. Actually, I take that back. I, we were just across um, the border into uh citizens. We had uh, branches down at, uh, we called our citizens branch in Western Port. And we also had a branch in Barton. So I stand corrected, but they're almost in Garrett County.
0: Yeah. So, so you started your career in the trust area. What was your what kind of, what was your role there?
1: Um, I was brought in as a trust officer and also in-house counsel um, because I have a law degree. And um, we started just in understanding and learning more about the trust business and um, was brought in a role to help grow the trust department primarily.
0: Gotcha. Well, that worked out. <laughs> It's, it's slightly larger now.
1: <laughs> it's a little bit bigger, and interestingly <laughs> enough, I was also the bank's first compliance officer. Uh, really? That was back in the day when it really wasn't that big of a job, and um, I used to tell people I could pretty much handle the bank's compliance program with maybe about an hour or so work a week. <laughs> um, we had a Community Reinvestment Act uh, folder. And it laid flat. It had our CRA <laughs> statement in it, and I think two other pieces of paper. And that's that was pretty much all that was required in the day. Yeah. Uh, obviously that's changed dramatically too.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Ev- everything has gotten bigger or more co- more complicated <laughs> in terms of how much effort needs to go into these things. I we actually talked with um, Gene. Elbig um in a in a prior episode and and he talked about the compliance area too and and his his little bit of involvement for a little portion of his career too and he he expressed the same (laughs) it wasn't (laughs) wasn't quite as uh tasking as it might be now yes so what are the roles did you experience during your career
1: well as I mentioned I, I started in the trust department as a trust officer and um at the time the head of our trust department was a gentleman by name of Marvin Graham, who was, was wonderful. He was just finishing up uh, at Northwestern graduate trust school. when I came to the bank, uh, tragically, he died, um, two years into my tenure. He died in August of 1980. So at the ripe old age of 25, I was in charge of the trust department. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) and, um, you know, we just grew from there and, um, you know, we we always had tremendous support from at that time senior management, uh, Dick Stanton and Courtney Tusing, as well as our board. So we added resources. Um, you know, Shirley Fitzwater, another very long term employee, came into our bank, or I'm sorry, into our trust department, and did wonderful work for, I guess, the better part of 40 years.
0: Right.
1: And um, you know, we were able to add resources as we needed. And the They understood the strategic importance of investing in trust. And um, I was there, I guess, until 1990. Uh, There was a couple years of overlap, where uh, Gene was manager of the trust department. I was still the senior trust officer, but then he took that title, and um, I became executive vice president. And I'm thinking that was around 1990. And um, basically, my responsibilities at that time were... All the outward-facing parts of the bank, everything that had to do with touching the customer, call center, branches, trust, commercial lending, mortgage lending, etc. Okay. Um, my colleague Bob Kurtz ran the entire operations of the bank. Um,
0: okay.
1: Then in 1996, I was named as um, chairman and CEO of the company, and again, my colleague Bob was president of the bank. So we basically ran the bank together for a number of years until he retired so so and then i retired in 96 Um, i became ceo in 96 i stumbled over that and then i retired in uh 2016
0: right right so so what that that period of time that you were in charge of the sales effort is it was it what what was the structure of that what what did that look like
1: Um, um well ben ben ritter was over um pretty much all of the branches and marketing. Um, Great colleague did a wonderful job. Uh, Robin Murray basically launched our call center. Uh, We decided we needed one of those. And um, then uh, Francis Grimm and then uh, later Steve lands ran commercial lending. And um, we had a number of people kind of heading mortgages. So, and of course, Gene Helbig followed in behind me on trust. So, that was basically our structure. And, yeah, you know, that's also where um, Carissa got her start was in the trust area. So, First United is a little bit unique in that three of the last four CEOs came up through the trust side of the bank. And I don't know another bank anywhere that can boast <laughs> can about say.
0: that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, t- tell us about how did you, what led you to a career in banking? Um, it basically happened
1: during my second year of law school. I went to Duquesne University School of Law, and I learned two things in my second year. I took a course in trial tactics and uh, took a course in estates and trusts. And I knew that I really didn't like trial tactics at all. I'm not a tremendously adversarial type of person. I, I did fine in the class, but every we had to have a trial every, I think, month during the semester. And most of those weeks, I would lose eight to 10 pounds, oh, wow. <laughs> worrying Just about the, the trial study and mm-hmm. the stress of that. Um, conversely, we had a very gifted professor that taught estates and trusts, and I absolutely fell in love with the concept of working with estates and trusts. Went on to take estate and gift taxation and really liked that class and did well. So I knew by the time I was going into my third year um, that you know I really would like to have a a career in, in banking in the trust department. Um, an interesting side note is to how I came to first United. Um, I was in the interview and moving through the various levels of interviewing. With, um, it was then Pittsburgh national bank. It's now PNC, uh, with the thought that Laura and I were going to end up staying in Pittsburgh and that I would probably end up working in the trust department of then Pittsburgh national bank. Uh, we happened to be home for Christmas, my third year, And just by sheer coincidence bumped into Courtney Tusing in front of the post office. And his son, George and I were high school classmates. And we talked for a few minutes and, um, Laurie, who's usually very reticent, blurted out, Hey, are you looking for a trust officer? (laughs) And Courtney always possessed a tremendous vision. So, well, you know, we were always looking to expand and send me a resume and, and, um, went down and I interviewed in March and, as the saying goes, the rest is history. You know, the opportunity to come back oh. to come back to my hometown was was overwhelming. Plus, uh, you know, a lot of the associates today don't know Courtney Tusing, but he was one of the most charismatic visionary leaders I ever knew. And I even realized that in high school. And the chance to actually come home and uh report directly to him until he retired in eighty seven was was very, very special.
0: That's cool. That's a, it's a, that's a really interesting road to get, to get there. And it's, it's almost <laughs> serendipitous, you know?
1: Yes. I think yeah. the good Lord knew what
0: he was doing. Absolutely. <laughs> it always does. <laughs> um, so, so, but you haven't, uh, you haven't shied away from banking though, even after your retirement from, from the bank, you've still, you've still had your, your hand in banking. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yes. Um, i I had the opportunity, because of the the tremendous bench strength that we had um, at the bank, most notably Carissa, you know, I had the opportunity of um, becoming involved in the Maryland Bankers Association and actually was chairman of the Maryland Bankers Association. Uh, Following that, um, I had the opportunity of going on to the American Bankers Association Community Bankers Council, Kathleen Murphy, the president of the Maryland Bankers Association nominated me and in a moment of weakness the ABA <laughs> took me on. And I was very fortunate, um, you know, I was, was able to eventually become uh chairman of the community bankers council for for the ABA, which you know is a group of bankers, about a hundred strong from all across the country. And that was really a, a tremendous tremendous thing to do and very, very enjoyable. But yeah. You know, again, I hastened add It was only possible because of the strength of the associates back at the bank, keeping keeping things moving forward well while I was out doing association responsibilities. Uh, that was followed by two years on the American Bankers Association Board of Directors, and as I was viewing retirement at that point, um, they have something called a uh, Membership Relations Consultants, uh, which is a cadre of I think it's fourteen retired bank CEOs from all across the country who assisted aBA in both membership development retention and serving so since I've retired i I've, I've become a membership relation consultant and serve both the state of Maryland and the state of West Virginia so that's been fun and as as I frequently joke to people it's a way that I could keep my fingers in banking and keep out of Carissa's hair. <laughs>
0: Well it's uh, i I appreciate all your efforts in the in the industry and and i I speak on behalf of everybody saying thank you for for your time here and and uh, your <clears throat> your leadership throughout your tenure here as well as uh, even the years after where you helped guide the the industry so we appreciate that
1: Thank you very much
0: so bill as you know as a as a true community bank, first United is uh, we're celebrating something special and that that's kind of the, the impetus for this interview, as well as, as several of the others we've, we've done celebrating the 120th anniversary of first United. Can you tell me in, in your, in your wor- words and in your view, um, what does 120 years of community banking mean to you?
1: Well, I think it means something you know, very, very, very special. I mean, that, you know, the bank, um, it's not as old as Oakland, but it's, it's in the same zip code as far as the age. And if, if you go back and trace both the importance of community banking and the important role that First United, previously First National Bank of Oakland, had in growing through those years. Um, you know, it started in November of 1900, and um, you know Oakland was a very small town at that point. But it really has, through the years, provided you know, a tremendous amount of stability, um, you know, first national closed its doors for the banking holiday as instructed by President Roosevelt, but then opened right back up. And as as you probably know from um, NBA school days, a lot of banks didn't reopen. They had to be rechartered and reopened and depositors lost money. And, um, you know, that did not happen for first National Bank of Oakland. But we were blessed with a lot of good leaders. You know, previous to Courtney Tucson was George Littman, but always— understood what it is to be in and a vital part of the community, um, both in terms of meeting the credit and deposit needs of the customers, but, you know, in the early 1960s, adding the trust as is is an extra dimension. And, of course, other services have been offered subsequent to that. But all the leaders um, at First United have tried to emphasize being involved in the community. I mean, you look at any number of um, boards, nonprofit boards, throughout our market areas, which of course is much more expansive now. And quite likely you'll find a first United banker on that board lending his or her expertise to to whatever that particular nonprofit is trying to do. So I think, you know, being part of a community bank means being part of it. And you know, having been chair of the community bankers council, I had the opportunity of testifying and trying to instruct policymakers and elected representatives the importance of um community banking to this country. I've always said there's a direct correlation between the fact that, you know, in a fairly short period of history, we went from kind of being an agrarian backwater country to the most powerful economy in the world. And I think there's a correlation between that and the fact that we have independent banks um, throughout the entire United States they are diminishing, unfortunately, to some extent now, but we still have I think far more independent banks in our country than almost any other uh, country in the, in the world. And I think there's a correlation because people can get credit, and get needed capital uh, in a town where they're known and their business can be understood and they can walk in and talk to somebody. So I think that's kind of the essence of community banking from my viewpoint.
0: Well said, well said. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit, if we could, about um, uh, let's go back to your time at the bank, and I, I just want to talk about some of some of your memories, some of your favorite memories, um, being part of of the, the institution. What what sticks out to you?
1: Um, I think to a large extent, Eric, they're almost always around people. I think you know some of my favorite activities is the opportunity to to help develop folks at the bank, um, mentoring, I think was always my favorite activity, you know, probably sitting through exit exams with regulators is probably my least favorite activity. <laughs> but, um, you know, the, the, fact of engaging and, um, working with associates, whether it be community office managers, tellers, folks that, you know, aspired to be in senior management was always the most important and, um, enjoyable part of what I did. Um, I think certainly also watching the bank grow, um, you know, the bank was so small when we first came and, you know, Bob Kurtz and I talked about this a year ago, you know, we still got shower gifts for all the baby, you know, people, employees that were going to have children. We, we sold raffle tickets. It was not uncommon to walk in on a Monday morning and find two raffle tickets that you didn't know that you had bought. Um, (laughs) obviously as we grew that, that, you know, that had to go by the boards, but, Other new things came on. We had other opportunities. And, you know, as the bank got bigger and broader, it it really presented a myriad of opportunity. The more people had we stayed as small as we once were, you know, the opportunities would obviously be limited. So I think, you know, all my favorite memories really have to do with various encounters and engagements with um, associates, all levels in the bank.
0: Yeah. Well, I can tell you your time here, you, you had a definite impact on, on, on everybody, but I think one, one thing that, that kind of a chord that kind of, um, rings true for everyone who, who worked, um, with you or for, or for you through the years. Um, I still, to this day, I can open up a, a drawer on my desk and I've got handwritten notes um, from from you, and I always I always really appreciated that, and I know everyone who who ever received one of those from you uh, appreciates <laughs> those and and keeps them. So those those were always um, that personal touch uh, that you talk about, and that 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 interaction with other associates um, has always been part of who First United is as a company, and and the culture of the of the place, and I think that. Uh, you, you certainly embodied that and, uh, and it, it meant a lot to a, a lot of people here.
1: Well, thank you very much. Very kind of you to say that, Eric. Yeah.
0: So, um, so you, you may have, you may not have the exact same answer for this, but I'm curious, um, uh, mm-hmm. you know, as you got up to work every morning for your career here, what was, was there something you look forward to each day? Was it, was it just the people or was there more to it than that?
1: I think uh, it it primarily was the people, Um, you know, the the thought of going in and interacting with people. And again, as we got bigger, some days I'd be down in Frederick interacting with folks there. And then the next day I'm in Morgantown. So I think, you know, first of all, the people I think is the first and most important thing. I think the second thing, Eric, there's always something different. You know, the thousands of days that I worked, no two days were alike. Uh, (laughs) There was always something different that was, was coming at you as, you know, with a challenge and opportunity or what have you. And I think that, that kept banking fresh. And I think it helped me expand my mind. And, um, so I think that those are probably the two biggest things that I thought about getting up every morning.
0: Nice. Nice. Bill, after 120 years of first United helping people, Can you put on your, you know, future thinking uh, cap here and tell me, what do you think's next for the bank?
1: I think, I think it's going to be um, a continuation. I think we're on a continuum, Eric. Um, You know, when I, like when I first came to the bank, we still had passbooks and tellers actually wrote with an ink pen, you know, what you deposited and initialed it. And uh, if you came in, we actually had a note teller you could actually walk up and you'd, pay your notes and they would go get a ledger card and you'd write, you know, they would write what the payment was. Uh, We had one bank and one computer in the whole bank that could calculate APR. And and that was Just one? A single computer? (laughs) Yeah. One single. It was actually, you know, and it was a little thing. You had a metal software thing that, you know, handled the needed calculations. And that's not to get down memory lane, but it's just to say (laughs) at that point, serving the customer was, certainly very manual intensive um, but we were there nevertheless the doors were open and we wanted to take care of the customer the way they wanted to be taken care of and I think that's going to continue obviously the ledger cars and the passbooks have gone by the board but you know our doors still open and you know, the lobby is beautiful now the renovations that, that you all did once you got rid of this old tight curmudgeon are, are just fantastic and um, you know really encounter the customer probably more the way they want to be encountered but as we go into the next 120 years that you know obviously that's going to continue to evolve i think you know particularly as you know gen x comes along and gen z and you know millennials you know they're going to want to be served in different ways and in different places and and i applaud all the efforts that are going on and you're leading some of those and i know matt's leading some and it's you know carissa's out in front leading the charge to make sure that we're able to have the technology in place to serve customers the way they want to be. And, and while at the same time still having that level of um a personal touch that, you know, you can still have a live encounter with a First United Banker. And speaking as an old goat, I, I hope that's something that never goes away. But, um you know, it it's going to be a blend of that intense personal relationship coupled with technology that, Puts us where the customers want us to be.
0: I think that's it. That's that's exactly right, and uh, I, I hope that uh, I hope that you're right, and that we keep keep down that path. I think that's the right place to be. Uh, it's the the personal touch that that makes um, us a, a a community bank that 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 wants to to, to be there and and have that that one on one interaction with people. But we need to to have that technical expertise and those those uh, technical pieces of the puzzle to, to help people do their banking as conveniently as possible. Well, Bill, I didn't have this on the list, but I'm curious if you have um, if there's anything else you want to mention or any message you have for the associates at First United who, you know, have clearly he spent a, a good portion of their career, um, reporting to you, or maybe even the new, the new ones that, uh, that have started since.
1: Well, certainly to those that were worked with me while I was there, I, you know, they the main reason I was able to get up every morning, the opportunity of working with them, being with them, learning about them as people helping to the extent I could develop their skills to make them better bankers. Um, I appreciate and I have lifelong memories and heartfelt gratitude for those working um, with me. The associates that have come since I left uh, welcome to, I think the finest community bank in the country. And I can say that with some degree of authority, because I see hundreds of banks and (laughs) I haven't found a better bank anywhere. And I would just encourage them to, to hold fast to the vision statement and um, just understand you're working at a special place and um, just take advantage of any opportunity that comes your way. And and I think the, the last message I would have for Carissa is just, you know, again, gratitude and thanks for doing all the things that made me look good uh, for a whole bunch of years. And just, I know she's going to take the, the bank, she's already doing it now, taking it to new heights of, of both what it means to be a tremendous community bank and also what it means to uh, deliver to fantastic shareholder value.
0: Awesome. Bill, I want to sincerely thank you for joining me today. I really appreciate your time. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Um, I've, I've, I miss getting to talk to you from time to time, So, so thank you for doing this.
1: You're most welcome. I miss talking to folks down there and just whoever you see, tell them I said hi.
0: I will. Well, that brings us to the end of our show. You can always find more episodes by visiting mybank.com slash podcast, or find us on your favorite podcast app. And we're on basically every podcast app there is. So find us on there, subscribe and and give us a five-star review. So other folks can find um, episodes just like this. You can also leave feedback, ask questions, or request a topic for us to discuss by sending an email to podcast at mybank.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with more helpful content. But until then, we wish you the best in focusing on what matters most to you. First United Bank and Trust was born 120 years ago in 1900, a time before gummy bears, before the first big game, before sliced bread. First United was formed because we believed we could make a difference. Since then, we've delivered 120 years of community banking, partnerships,
1: solutions, and most of all, trust. So we're celebrating the people who call First United my
0: bank. Help us celebrate at mybank.com slash 120.
1: First United, my bank for life.
0: Member FDIC. This recording is for informational purposes only. Any references in this recording to any person, organization, product, or service does not constitute or imply the endorsement, recommendation, or affiliation with First United Bank and Trust. First United is not responsible for your use of the information mentioned within this podcast. Please consult legal or tax professionals for counsel as needed.